Podcast Movement Sessions is sponsored by Storyblocks. For more information, visit storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. I love coming to Podcast Movement. It feels comfortable. I feel like blind. Everybody's so freaking nice. Podcasting is pretty cool. Welcome, one and all, to Season 4 of Podcast Movement Sessions. My name is Ted Woods. I'll be your guide this year as we look back at Podcast Movement 2019 and some of the incredible experiences we all had in Orlando. You might have seen me wandering around the uh, floor there at Rosen Shingle Creek. All interview content held within this podcast recorded on site at PM19. I took my handheld recorder all around the conference and sat down some of the biggest names in the space to discuss the state of podcasting. Now, in years past, Podcast Movement Sessions has taken a more quote-unquote macro look at the conference. So this year, I'm going to take a much more micro approach as we conduct a deep dive into one of PM19's more thought-provoking elements, the society, culture, and advocacy track. And for the purposes of this episode, we're going to focus particularly on that final piece advocacy. As a podcaster, do you see yourself as an advocate? I do. Once we started getting emails from people who were being impacted by it, I think that's really when it hit us that the more people who get to hear these kind of things, the more the needle shifts. Lee Pfeffer, co-host of History is Gay, along with the team behind Gay Future, Connor Wright and Christina Friel, will tell us about their experience as LGBTQ plus advocates in the podcasting space. Just response that we've gotten from it it just think shows kind of that we maybe are advocates even though we didn't think anybody would listen to it (laughs) or we didn't really know what the effect of it would be plus we'll shine our podcast movement session spotlight on a full circle moment from pm19 a conversation with podquest 2016 winners and likely the best examples of advocacy in the space Ear Hustle co-creators Nigel Poor. It's great that something I care about so much has turned out to be seen as a kind of advocacy. And Erlon Woods. When you hear certain stories and you realize that, hey, these people have changed. They're not the same person I've seen in the courtroom. I think that pretty much opens the door to the when you get into advocacy and all. Now, as we jump into this conversation... It's important to attempt to identify what exactly pushes a podcast into the realm of advocacy. And in this producer's humble opinion, a podcaster qualifies as an advocate if they spend time and energy fighting in their podcast for change in whichever sector their show focuses on. Podcast Movement co-founders Dan Franks and Jared Easley agree that as the barrier of entry has been lowered, more dynamic and diverse voices have found their way into the zeitgeist through podcasting, something they were excited to promote within the society, culture, and advocacy track at PM19. It's never been easier. People can, with a mobile device, simply get an app and create a podcast where several years ago that wasn't even possible. So I think the hurdles are lower and that can create more opportunity for people to be encouraged to share their voice. Well, and that 
goes back to the society, culture, and advocacy track. That advocacy piece is giving voices to people that maybe don't have voices, don't have platforms. And when you start cutting down those barriers, whether it's, you know, you don't need as much equipment or you don't need as much money or whatever those those variables are that might prevent someone from being able to get their voice heard and get their message out there, all of those things kind of play into that track and you know, having those underrepresented voices and communities and topics all, you know, having a platform um, because in podcasting, you can talk about anything. We like to kind of have that type of openness at Podcast Movement as well. When I spoke with longtime media consultant E.B. Moss, she too cited the low barrier of entry as a reason why more advocates are turning to podcasting as a means of getting their message out. I think that it has evened the playing field. It makes it so much more accessible for people. So the barrier to entry is really low for any person, whether, you know, old, young, black, white, it doesn't matter, male, female. So that accessibility, I think, has really opened the doors. Additionally, EB described the incredible variety of shows that she believes easily fit into that category of advocates. There are so many shows, whether it is a Dirty John, which is alerting people to the dangers of, you know, the the guy next door, or shows that are true crime oriented, Up and Vanished, which talks about in this case, women who have not gotten proper legal attention or or the attention from the judiciary system and what happened to them and where did they go. And I'm not sure if that's advocating so much as opening our eyes, but that's what leads to advocacy. I think we're just on the cusp of having content that is universal, reflects a universal point of view, and then can do its job in advocating for various voices. Clearly, there's room for growth in all aspects of podcasting. The medium is still incredibly young and evolving. And to EB's point, as the audience grows, so will the opportunity for hosts, reporters, and producers to speak their minds on subjects they care about, to drive change in their communities, both locally and globally. And we'll take a look at what I see as the perfect example of a podcast that became a powerful force for change right after this. Podcast Movement Sessions is sponsored by Storyblocks. If you've ever been in need of a quick soundbite, B-roll clip, template, or graphic, you gotta check out Storyblocks. All the music and sound effects you hear in this episode came directly from Storyblocks. I've been producing podcasts for several years now, and oftentimes finding that perfect music clip or SFX can be really tough, especially when you're on a budget. Clients come back with feedback that change major aspects of a show, and we don't always have time to get in the studio and re-record a piece of music or SFX. Now that's where Storyblocks comes in. Whether working on a podcast or a video series of any size, you'll immediately have access to an unlimited library over 1 million assets strong. Anything from Storyblock's massive library of high-quality footage, After Effects templates, music, illustrations, and sound effects is yours to download with their unlimited all-access plan. Use your downloaded content anywhere, including on YouTube. All content is royalty-free for commercial and personal use. 
Stay on budget when telling the best version of your story with flexible subscription plans that scale to meet your needs. Storyblocks is always adding new content and making regular product updates to give you the best experience possible. To learn more, head to storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. That's storyblocks.com slash podcast movement. Favorite part of Podcast Movement 2019? Number one thing that stands out in your mind? For me, it's all the conversations at at the parties and stuff that you can just start talking to anybody because you have something in common, which is you care about podcasting. Yeah, no, I would would agree. You know, it's just coming into this type of environment and just, you know, getting love, you know, and, and out of everybody in here. I'm the one that come with the checkered pass <laughs> and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You know, they like, hey man, you know, uh, you're doing good. That's you nice. know, and we, we appreciate that and I appreciate everybody that show us love, you know. Hey, it's Ted. Thanks for listening to Podcast Movement Sessions. Today, discussing the power of podcasting as a space for advocacy. And that was Erlon Woods and Nigel Poor, co-creators of Ear Hustle, discussing their overall experience at PM19. Now, I personally can't think of a better example of an advocacy podcast than Ear Hustle, a show with origins tied directly to podcast movement, a point that PM co-founder and president Dan Franks brought up when I asked him about his favorite onstage moment at PM19. I mean, my, my favorite one that I caught, and there wasn't many, and I didn't catch all of anything, um, but was just seeing Erlon and Nigel from Ear Hustle and the closing keynote, um, really just because it was such a full circle moment for us as podcast movement. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the session. We are here to talk about Ear Hustle. As you know, I'm Julie Shapiro. I'm executive producer of Ear Hustle and also of Radiotopia from PRX, and it is Really a great honor to be here with Nigel and Erlan today. We talk a lot to So three years ago in Chicago, Radiotopia had this contest where anyone and everyone could send their ideas for their new concepts for a podcast into them. And one of those submissions was Nigel and Erlan submitting what became Ear Hustle. Um, so the, the final finalist of PQ4 is a show called Ear Hustle. And it's hidden stories of life inside prison told and produced from the perspective of those who live it. Um, and so the representing producer here is Nigel Poor. Please come up, Nigel Poor. And Nigel was on stage in person doing this, and Erlon uh, and the team back at San Quentin had sent a, a pre-recorded video kind of talking to podcast movement about this. How you doing? My name is Erlon Woods, and I am co-host and co-producer of Ear Hustle. My name is Antoine Williams, and I'm the sound designer for Ear Hustle. So here three years later to see Erlon on stage out of prison and keynoting, giving the closing keynote uh, podcast movement in 2019 really was just, um, I mean, surreal is the best thing to, the best way to put it. My name is Nigel Poor, and I'm the co-host and co-producer of Ear Hustle. My name is Erlon Woods. I am the co-producer, co-host, and co-creator of Ear Hustle. Ear Hustle launched in the summer of 2017. Erlon, Nigel, Antoine Williams, and their team submitted a proposal to Radiotopia's PodQuest competition with the hope of telling real-life stories from inside of San Quentin State Prison here in California. Their work featured actual inmates and was recorded and produced fully by the team at San Quentin. Since their launch, the show has garnered national attention and eventually led to Erlon's release. When I sat down with E and Nigel, I asked them if they felt like they were advocates for criminal justice reform. 
When we started this uh, podcast, we didn't even have that thought in mind. You know, um, our only focus was, hey, let's tell some good stories for people inside prison, inside of San Quentin, to listen to on the closed circuit um, television channel. Uh, Ear Hustle originally wasn't uh, meant to be heard outside of San Quentin. Now that it's resonating with a lot of people, I think that is very, I'm going to use my word, interesting. Here's what co-creator Nigel Poor, who met Antoine and Erlon as a volunteer at San Quentin, had to say about being an advocate through the podcast. I mean, I find it amazing. And what I love about the kind of advocacy we do is that we do it from our hearts. Like, I, I can speak for myself. I'm not a policy person. I'm not a numbers person. But I really believe that when individuals tell their story in an open way, it is the best way to get people to care and to become advocates for something. If you throw numbers at people and policy, I mean, I'm going to fall asleep, so I assume other people are going to fall asleep. And I don't have the capacity to do that kind of work, but I have the capacity as an artist to tell stories with others. And it's great that something I care about so much has turned out to be seen as a kind of advocacy. So it seems like the most honest kind of advocacy you can do. Honesty certainly cuts through the speakers when listening to Ear Hustle. So many of the stories about the men serving time at San Quentin create such an incredible impact on the audience and really drive those listeners to think about the real people who are behind bars, as opposed to just seeing them as imaginary characters or statistics in a news report. In their closing keynote at Podcast Movement 2019, Erlon spoke about a particular story in Ear Hustle that impacted him and one of the podcast's international listeners in a profound way. Interviewing people in prison is sometimes difficult, but interviewing people on death row is almost impossible. So um, we got the administration to agree to allow us to interview guys on death row. They wouldn't let us go and see them, but they did let us talk to them over the institutional phone. And that's what this clip is. It's called The Row. As long as you are alive, there is hope. When you are dead, that struggle is over. You can't look in terms of the future because the future is not yet here. So what do you have left? You have right now. And so that is what you have to live at right here, right now. That's eternity. A lot of responses came in, but it was one that Nigel had uh, brought in, which was an email from New Zealand, it was from a osteopath, which I had to look that up. Um, but he's, he was a, a cancer doctor and he used to treat terminal ill uh, patients. And he said, listening to that episode, he was able to share that with his patients that was terminal and basically telling them to live today. And that was like deep to me. That was like, wow. Yeah. So, you know, we all in New Zealand affecting people. That <laughs> was a trip. Yeah. Clearly, Ear Hustle has impacted society in a way the creators never imagined it would. And I asked co-creator Erlon Woods how he felt about bringing these stories to life as a podcast and using the show to touch folks who would otherwise have little to no interest in the goings-on inside prison. The Honorable Governor Brown said it the best, and I don't know if he said it like this, but we were able to pierce the veil. We were able to lift it up open the window and let everybody in society look inside of a specific prison and pretty much see what goes on. People usually 
um, look at people in prison as, oh, yeah, he's convicted for whatever. He's a criminal. He's, you know, whatever. Throw him away. But when you hear certain stories and you realize that, hey, these people have changed. They're not the same person I've seen in the courtroom or they moved on with their life or they've rehabilitated themselves in some capacity. I think that that, that pretty much opens the door to the when you get into advocacy and all. As I mentioned earlier, Erlon is now a free man after having his sentence commuted due to his work on Ear Hustle. During their closing keynote at PM19, Nigel and E told the packed audience about bringing that moment to life in the podcast. So it was just one day um, that happened to be one of the best days in my life um, where I was called to a certain location in the prison and uh, received a phone call. From? <laughs> from the governor's office, from Governor Brown, which is my partner now. But um, we, we real cool, we hang out, we do all that now. Um, but it, I got a call from the governor's office and it was very, as you just used my word, interesting. Yes. And of course, Nigel was there asking you all oh, yes. about yes, it. Yes, I had to know all about it. Um, That's me and my mama. mama, mama. She's, she's up there. She's 70. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, but I've seen her picture. She is a good-looking woman. And she yeah, she's holding on. She's holding on. Yep, yep, she yep. Holding on, you know. <laughs> this and, is you what? Know, it's... Just, to, just to be a male figure out there with her. And that's what she said. She said that. What did she She say? She said that. Something like, you know, something. We're going to go to the tape. (laughs) She might think we're a bill collector. Okay. Hello? Hello. uh, Is this the mother of Erlon Woods? Well, it sounds like Erlon Woods. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mama, it finally came. They commuted my sentence today. So that what? means. Yes. That means oh you're. Oh, my God, I get to have a man around the house. <laughs> oh, So obviously, Ear Hustle had a profound impact on Erlon's life. I had to ask co creator Nigel Poor how she felt the show has impacted her life and her view on the prison system. Unfortunately, when I started volunteering in the prison, I went in with the mindset that a lot of people have, you know, that my idea of who was in prison was definitely formed by movies and bad and bad media. I mean, I didn't think it was true, but that, of course all that stuff was lurking in the, in the back of my brain. I didn't expect people to be particularly educated or creative. So once I started spending time in prison, I realized that like, that was really terrible thinking. And so You've seen I, some cool people in prison. Seen some huh? cool ass people in there, <laughs> right? I mean, like, but it's true for any place you go, right? Like, you have assumptions, and then when you get to know people, your assumptions are challenged, and that is how you grow, and that is how life should be spent. Always confronting your assumptions, I think. Otherwise, you're stagnant, and you're too proud, or you're too mired in what you think the truths are, and truths are very flexible. Given the changes in the team's personal lives, i.e., freedom. Ear Hustle will be going through an evolution in their new season. Panel moderator Julie Shapiro, head of editorial for PRX, asked the question on everyone's mind in that room 
at PM19. What happens next with you with the show? Let's give them a, a taste. What, what are we up to? So, next, I believe, in this season or the next Just in general. Just in general. Sure. More okay. traveling? Yes, uh, we are definitely um, looking to go into other prisons, female prisons, uh, prisons in other states, maybe in other countries. But I believe we're going to Italy. We are definitely going, going to, to Italy. Italy. For a conference, it. and I mean, it, it seems obvious now because Erlon's here, but one of the great things is now we can travel together, um, and we've been doing that quite a bit, going to conferences and speaking, and I'm, I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of that. Well, I've been out of prison eight months, and I've been more places than I've ever been in my life. That reminds me, one of the, we're good partners in so many ways, but one of the reasons we're great travel partners is that Erlon is the window and I'm the aisle, and so we're always really happy to be sitting near each other. I got to see what's going on. Yeah, and I got to be able to get up and go to the bathroom. <laughs> Given everything they've been through, from their initial attempts to create something for fellow prisoners to enjoy on closed circuit TV, to their pod quest pitch and win, to Erlon's sentence being commuted, this team has certainly experienced some amazing highs despite the circumstances they began with. But Ear Hustle co-creator Nigel Poor was quick to point out the importance of exploring the stories of inmates at those higher level prisons that they talked about on stage. We don't want people to get the wrong idea that prison isn't that bad. Right, So I think it's really important now that Erlon's out that we do start going to these level three and level four prisons and do stories about what life is like in there. And hopefully people will have the same interest and compassion for those people who still have a long journey ahead of them. But what I would definitely say is I, I communicate um, with people that's on level four prisons, level three prisons. It's like four levels. I, I even have people uh, would call me that's on death row. And the one thing that I hear from all them is, bro, we've been listening to Ear Hustle, man. And man, y'all doing good. Y'all straight humanizing us. I love that. You know? So yeah. I hear that from those levels. That's because like the best prior, compliment we can get. Yeah, prior to that, you know, what's the relation with people in society and prisons? The door isn't open. No. So luckily for us, our episode get heard in all of California prisons. And the podcast allows Erlon, Nigel, and their team to be advocates for criminal justice reform for listeners around the world. Well, listen, Erlon, Nigel, thank you so much Thanks, for your Ted. time. And yeah, we appreciate it, Ted. Thank you. Thank you very we much. Definitely appreciate it. Definitely appreciate it. And let me know so I can definitely tune in to see how the podcast movement went without me seeing everything going on. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the goal. The goal. The goal. What an incredible experience it was to speak with Nigel and Erlon backstage at Podcast Movement right after they delivered their amazing keynote address on the main stage. Full circle moment for them and for the entire team at Podcast Movement. Now, as I mentioned, Ear Hustle is clearly one of the best examples of the power podcasting has in advocating for change. But... I spoke with several creators who I would say also fall into that advocate category. One such individual is Lee Pfeffer, co-host of History is Gay, a podcast that, quote, examines the underappreciated and overlooked queer ladies, gents, and gentle envies that have always been there in the unexplored corners of history. 
do you see yourself as an advocate for uh, queer culture as a podcaster? Do you, do you see it that way? Again, you're telling these stories that are untold. You're giving these stories a voice in the space. Talk to me about, about that feeling. Do you feel like you're an advocate? I do. Um, not necessarily intentionally. It's, it's the stories that I want to tell. And like I said, Gretchen and I started it as just something fun that we wanted to get into and maybe do for a couple of our friends. And once we started getting emails from people who were being impacted by it, I think that's really when it hit us that the more people who are doing this, the more people who get to hear these kind of things, the more the needle shifts. Um, and I kind of, you know, fell into advocacy from an earlier age. I mean, I was, you know, the kid who started the Gay Straight Alliance in their high school and things like that. And I've just kind of continued in that world. Um, and I've always been gravi- you know, I've always gravitated towards museums and public history, libraries, places where people can come and learn about the world and then go put that out there and make the world a better place. And this has been a really great opportunity to do that and also just have a voice and provide a voice for um, other folks. We bring people onto the show who have perspectives that we don't necessarily have experience in. Lee appeared on stage at PM19 in a panel titled From Gay History to Gay Future, How LGBT Storytelling Has Found New Voices in Podcasting. Now, Lee co-hosts History is Gay, so naturally I had to ask Christina Friel and Connor Wright, creators of the fictional narrative podcast Gay Future, if they too felt like advocates for the queer community. Do you, Christina? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being able to create this podcast is just the response that we've gotten from it. I just think shows kind of that we maybe are advocates, even though we didn't think anybody would listen to it. Right. <laughs> or we didn't really know what the effect of it would be. Yeah. We were kind of being light at the beginning. Like we had Mike Pence, you know, as this person that, that wrote it. And we kind of leaned on certain political things. But... I think as we got into it, we were like, oh, yeah, we, we can actually find a really smart, fun way of like uh, of Satirizing, talking about yeah, yeah. politics and in ways that don't like beat you over the head like we're watching every day. But it's like, you know, in, in fun ways where we can kind of advocate something while also having fun with it. Which I feel like we don't really see at yeah, all anymore. Yeah. It's just a constant Usually cycle it's, of it's anger d- and depression. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've been figuring out the, the ways in which we can have a voice. Yeah. Later this season, we'll look specifically at how the LGBTQ plus community has turned to podcasting to have their voices heard. We'll also be speaking with some investigative journalists about their experience in the podcasting world in just a few weeks. Stay tuned. Advocacy is a tightrope that journalists have to navigate on a regular basis. In telling often gut-wrenching stories, They must balance necessary impartiality with real human emotions. At PM19, I spoke with Cincinnati Inquirer investigative reporter Amber Hunt. Her podcast, Accused, looks at horrific murders and cases where convictions were overturned or where the real killers have yet to be brought to justice. Given her experience as a well-respected journalist, I asked Amber if she felt comfortable being seen as an advocate through her podcast. Let's get back to this idea of society, culture, and advocacy. Obviously, as a journalist, there's a line you can't cross into that advocacy moment, but clearly the subject matter lends itself to people. Your 
telling them what's happening, and then they hopefully have a call to action in their mind. Tell me how that, what that feels like as a reporter, as a creator. I've always been comfortable with um, being an advocate for the truth. I'm allowed as a journalist to say, you know, you should care about the truth. You need to do your job as a prosecutor. You know, you need to investigate all the paths that need investigating when you're a police officer. Like, I'm, I'm comfortable with that level of advocacy. So I just make a point to not decide, um, not let myself even entertain the notion that I might have a clue as to who really did this crime, um, but instead come at it from a perspective of, we need people in the, in the public sphere to be trying to find the truth. And I can hold you accountable for not doing that. To Amber's point, Journalists are allowed to slide into that role of advocacy as long as they remain advocates for the truth. For other creators, there's far more leeway for them to create content that advocates for social justice and societal change. I sat down with Tenderfoot TV's Christina Dana, producer of the Up and Vanished companion series Sworn, and she told me about their struggles with finding a lane as advocates who also wanted to draw in a connected audience. It's been really interesting because when I took it on for season two, we just knew that we had this sort of keystone thesis that we wanted to be exposing problems in the justice system. And that sort of in whatever capacity our team and our host wanted to do that, that was the mission. And the way that we found that we were collecting content and the best way to tell these stories was to talk to people who are wrongfully convicted and who had been exonerated or um, incarcerated for decades. So that's been really interesting sort of as a side effect that I'm really proud of, we've been able to uplift these stories that do have this sort of advocacy element to them of encouraging people to find our podcast maybe first because they're interested in stories and interested in other people's lived experience, but then also thinking critically about what these problems are and how we interact with people who have been through the justice system, how we think about the justice system, and how we sort of want to go forward in that space. We'll hear much more from Christina and her Tenderfoot TV colleague, Meredith Stedman, in episode two of Podcast Movement Sessions. Next time on Podcast Movement Sessions. What is it about the podcasting space that makes this a fertile place for women? This isn't the first time I've ever done a panel that was just women in podcasting. So that was really cool. Female creators took center stage at PM19. We'll hear from two female entrepreneurs in podcasting who are crushing it. Allison Marino, founder of podcast network Lipstick and Vinyl. I think people like people that sound like them. So I started my own company to nobody else would pay me to do what I wanted to do. So now I'm not being paid and <laughs> doing it on my own. <laughs> and Christina Barcy, founder of podcast production, consulting and training company, Avant House Media. Oftentimes people are like, OK, this thing happened and I want to make it into something. But they don't really know how to do that yet. I love to show people how they can make something into a thing. Plus, we'll shine our podcast movement session spotlight on Media Village's E.B. Moss and her all-female panel discussion, Dominating the Industry, Female Leaders Behind the Scenes. It was really interesting to talk to millennial women who are very, very conscious about being intentional in the space. Make sure to subscribe to Podcast Movement Sessions right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what we did so far with episode one, we would be absolutely thrilled if you told your friends, 
picked up their phones, search podcast movement sessions on their podcasting app, and hit subscribe. And hey, then go back to your phone. And if you really like what we're doing, why not give us a five-star rating and a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, again, wherever you listen to podcasts, we are there. New episodes in your feed every Friday morning. Also, find Podcast Movement everywhere you social media. We're at Podcast Movement on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And remember, tickets are on sale right now for Podcast Movement 2020 in Dallas and Podcast Movement Evolutions in Los Angeles. All interviews and sessions for this podcast were recorded at PM19 in Orlando. Podcast Movement is the must-attend event of the year for podcasters big and small. Meet like-minded creators, check out the latest trends in content and tech, speak with some of the biggest companies in the space, and maybe even record a podcast episode or two for yourself. Find all the information you need at podcastmovement.com. Until next time, I'm Ted Woods. Find me on Twitter at Ted D. Woods and Instagram at Ted Woods. Thank you so much for listening to Podcast Movement Sessions. 